Welcome to the Fat Chat Podcast with Melissa and Jade. We are super stoked to be sharing this podcast with you. And today we're diving into some dating essentials. Melissa had a really shitty date this week and one of our listeners asked, what are the three points that we should know when dating so we all know that dating can be super clunky at times and it is really a very courageous place to be so melissa and i break it down we have some fun we talk about ghosting as well and how to deal with that as well as sons and daughters of eve and sons and daughters of lilith We are so blessed to bring this podcast to you and let's dive right into it. You can find the recording of this on Melissa's Instagram page, which is The Pleasure Studio on Instagram and listen here. Welcome. We hope that you get so much out of this podcast today and let's dive in. Is this a new thing when people get onto lives? We take a sip of a sip of a drink. Like, mm, excuse me, you just caught me <laughs> in my lounge room in my kitchen. We know we're live. Good glorious afternoon. Hello, JD. Oh, I'm so excited by today. I'm viewing your request, and I'm I'm gonna let you in, baby. Hey, Tyler. Welcome. Welcome, Chef Gula. Oh. Oh, Miss, you're in the dark. <laughs> Why is it so dark? <gasps> Maybe because you're Lilith. you're Lilith and I'm Eve today. That might get a bit tricky. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't know how to be Eve. This is true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm all set up. Everything There's is balanced the so that it's moving. There you are. There you are, gorgeous. Hello, sexy chops. Good glorious morning, my love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Brookie, I can see you're here. (laughs) I'm actually really enjoying my cacao I made. I have to to get someone to send me cacao from Oaxaca because it's difficult to get here. And it's... Every time you say Oaxaca, I think of the Kiwis doing the haka. (laughs) <laughs> well, Haka is the land of the machete. Look, I'm I'm disappearing. <laughs> it's my my doobie flacket. You know what I mean? The doobie flacket. You what? The doobie flacket. <laughs> the doobie flacket. <laughs> you know what that is? Like what's his name? We all we all know what it, what who what's his name is when we're talking about them. And a doobie flacket. Doobie flacket. I don't know who doobie flacker is, but. No, it's not a who, it's a thing. A doobie flacket is a thing. The thing that you're using, the thing that you need, the the thing that you can't live without, but you can't remember what the name is, so you call it a doobie flacket. <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought it was called doobie whacker. <gasps> yeah, but you're from up north. You're a bit wacko oh, up there. <laughs> in South Australia, they call them doobie flackers. In doobie Queensland, we call them doobie whackers. To be whackers. I had to. I was asked yesterday where I was from, and I said Australia. This is a South Australian thing. And she goes, "Oh, I thought you're from England." I said, "Oh, honey, I'm from South Australia." Yeah, you guys are fancy. You say things real fancy. Real fancy. Oh my goodness! I get to spend the whole time just like. And there we go. I'll hang on to it. Mm. So what's crackalacken in Mexico? Crackalacken. I went on a date. <gasps> How was it? I've decided I was speaking to a friend today. I'm I'm gonna just start dating like a Trojan just so I can do videos afterwards. <laughs> like actually not take it ser- not take it seriously. I said no, I have to look at integrity around that. But I think do you know what? I'm just gonna just start dating whoever. Whoever asks me out, I'll go on a date and then I'll I'll be able to rate it the next day. <laughs> it, it was, was terrible. Awesome. It was terrible. The dating chronicles. The dating chronicles. Yes. 
Um, well, look, dating is bloody. It is. It's quite an edge. It, yes, it is an edge, and I mean, you know, our conversations. So I tried someone my age and Caucasian. <laughs> it was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't exciting. Not, not enough black for you, babe. Not enough black for me at all, my love. And yeah. No, but for a, for a man that's my age and a bit older, he talked about his mother the whole time. He talked the whole time. I see, I looked at my clock and I actually went to the bathroom. Um, the date Barbie. <laughs> was it the date? Oh, what made the date so terrible? I will tell you, darling. No. Um, he rocked up in shorts and flip-flops. I mean, you know me. I'm wearing heels, tight jeans, little tight black jeans, beautiful top. Took an effort. Got my nails done. He's got fucking cargo shorts and flip-flops on. And a t-shirt and nothing wrong with t-shirts but it was just it's like have you been home today or <laughs> you just like rocked up um as a woman as you know like if, if you're meeting someone at seven you arrive at least five ten past seven because there's no way as a woman you want to be standing at seven o'clock or five to seven in a restaurant in a lobby on your own like it's just not on to be waiting as a woman. <laughs> so right there at seven past six, seven past six, and he's not in the lobby. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to stand around at the lobby. So also just to take my time. So I was doing something and not standing. I walked up the stairs. There's like five flights of stairs up to the restaurant. And I met him coming down. He was, he was coming down and he just, you know, so here I'm tossing it and he's like, oh, there you are. He goes, I waited for ages for you. And I'm like, it's five minute ages. Like, wow. Okay. And he didn't even say, Oh, you look beautiful or hello. It's just like, Oh, there you are. And so I, we just like continued walking upstairs and, and then, so that was six o'clock at eight o'clock at eight o'clock. I got a word in at, I looked at my clock to go and it was eight o'clock, eight o'clock. I got to speak and it was like, I need to order. I need to order. In fact, like, can we order? Do you know, I had to take care of everything. I had to, like, he handed me the menu at one stage to get drinks and I just passed it back to him. I said, this is what, this is what I drink. You choose, da, 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 But I had to, like, call the waiters over. I had to, like, say, it's, we're two hours in and I'm just starting to talk. <laughs> I've heard about your mother for two hours. Um, and, um, yeah, so just having to take, having to take control the whole time and, and, um, and just, so, yeah, just not feeling at all, like, it's just like he just needed someone to chat to or on. So I didn't, you know, didn't feel appreciated as a woman whatsoever. Um, and a bit of, and let's get really honest, a bit of fucking white privilege, old man white privilege sort of up north style. So that was a bit, that was quite hard to to just sit and breathe through and sort was of make sense. Huh? No go? Was he selling his empire to you, love? His empire? No, he mentioned a lot how much money you know he was making and made and all he mentioned that a lot but it was a just just stuff around one thing i can't stand about living in a foreign country is when you get together with someone and especially especially the people that are he just kept saying so do you still work like are you still working <laughs> like <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but just also a lot of things around um you know what's not right in mexico like the gyms and i'm just like you're not in the state you're not in it so it's it's just like ugh. you know instead of celebrating the differences and da, da 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 it's like and he lives he lives a fucking awesome life here because he is white because he's bringing us dollars in so i also find that you know complaining about the way the gyms run and what gets happens and the fact that you know taxis are this much and ubers are this much and you know there's a whole like all of this stuff i'm like nah come on we live so well down here coming from the West. It's like, it's incredible to, so yeah. Anyway, I went into the bathroom at like around nine o'clock and said to like sent, sent a Lunday a message, sent my son a message going, oh my God, it took two hours before I could even talk. And the Lunday's like messaging me back, laughing his head off. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, unfortunately it was a bit of a flop and yeah, I just think he needed an audience that he wasn't taking notice of. So as a woman, I didn't feel, oh, sorry. Bing. Um, as a woman, I didn't feel really honoured 
or like when I say even honored, I didn't feel seen, taken care of, anything like that. And just said, let's worry. So I wasn't in, I, yeah, I just sat and listened. I'm <laughs> sorry you have to tonight, babe. I know. No, For no. those of you who've just joined, Melissa's just been chatting about going on a date. <laughs> and one of our beautiful family who are watching has said, that does sound terrible. Two hours before you are able to interject. Whoa. <laughs> May we please have a list of three things so we can write it down to be better oh. date. Oh, yes. Um, I've got, can I do first one? Can I do the first one? Go for it. Sorry, darling. Sorry, I just got so excited because that's such a great question. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's amazing. Because the thing was, it's like he chose a restaurant that once I told a friend, she's going, oh, my God, Melissa, you know that that's a, an Italian restaurant that's full of gluten and cheese and I don't eat either of those. So I left him a message and da-da-da and we worked it out. So when we got there, he said, oh, yeah, I didn't think – he thought I would just wait till we were talking to find out what you ate and didn't eat, didn't eat what you eat and don't eat. And I started laughing and going, so you're going to wait till I'm sitting in a restaurant where I can't order anything and watch you eat to ask me what I can eat. Like he found that funny. So that's number one. When you're asking someone out on a date, you know, inquiring, do you have any food restrictions? You know, where, what, what, you know, and even asking like, what type of food do you absolutely love to eat? And are there any food restrictions that I need to know whilst I'm planning our date? Yeah. You know, inquiry. Yeah, I feel like planning is so important mm -hmm. because it's that's in itself, like the planning process and the texting or question or talking on the phone, whatever you feel comfortable with. Finding out what the person likes is that's like foreplay for the date, just rocking up and winging it. Like no wonder the, the guy spoke for two hours because like that's what most people do, a lot of people do when they're nervous. Mm. And we know from Alison Armstrong's work that when a man is, when the masculine is trying to impress, they will talk and they will keep talking and talking and talking and, you know, often, People have a preconception that silence is uncomfortable. So silence is really uncomfortable for some people. And, you know, it's natural to think that you have to fill up the space because of that preconceived idea about silence. But really what's super sexy is being asked questions. Mm. Because that's what dating's all about. So this is number two. Ask questions right from the beginning. Be curious. Like, it's a, be there to fluff your feathers, of course. Like, you know, you're there to shine. You're there to show the person who you are. But at the same time, be curious because when... We go on a date and this happens a lot and there's so much misunderstanding between the masculine and the feminine with this because I see it with my brothers as well and with past partners and with my, my grandfather and my dad used to do it sometimes. He was more of a non-talking person. But, um, you know, when you feel under pressure to perform, it's like this nervous anxiety talking, so I'm just going to tell you all the things and I'm going to impress you. But that doesn't feel impressive because everybody just wants to know that they're interesting. Mm. You know, like we, we, really, we really need to feel that you want to get to know us. And so beautiful brothers, it's not so much about coming in and, and doing this full fluffing of the feathers. It's more like, hey, who are you? What are you about? What turns you on? And can I just say one more thing about that? Like mm. I, often we don't ask questions because we're afraid of the answer because, you know, that 
asking questions about things. We have to be willing to find out that this person is not a match. We have to be gutsy as fuck to go into a date being willing to look at it head on and go, hey, you're awesome, but this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And often we people hold back from asking questions to find out the information that we need because we're already in the rejection. So this is where the over-talking happens, filling up all the space. And it's also where the preconception of the rejection is already there. So this is where you do the work. This is where your internal personal sexuality practices or whatever you practice for your consciousness expansion, this is where we come into this place of like, okay, I'm already in the preconception of rejection. What practices am I going to do? to strengthen who I am and walk in there being the presence of a fucking king or a queen, knowing. And I know the language in king and queen, it's pretty it's pretty white privileged, but, you know, essentially it's that essence of like, boom, here I am. I am strong enough to receive your love. Mm. So that's number two. In a nutshell. nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that, JD, and it's so eloquent how you've explained that. Because it's also this aspect of when you're saying receiving a no, that aspect of rejection is there's so much to play with in the world. Like going on a date, like to be, I mean, I would, for me, it's also too to find really fantastic humans to converse with, to play with, to, you know, to go to the movies with, like, just because you go on a date and say there's no sexual chemistry, it's like, if you're, if we get on really well, why, you know, why not still go to the movies? Why not go to the markets together? Why not, like, you know, have dinner parties that you're invited to as well? Like, this thing is like, well, if we're not a sexual match, then, like, it's a complete, it's like, it's a, it's black or white, and yet, we live in a culture that's so lonely, so we're also not feeling the middle part, is like, you know, the middle part of it. And I love what you're talking around that, of going in like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to experience the no, because this also comes up with presence. And I think this is what I want to bring into the third, as the third aspect of, because this is a huge part to mastering your ejaculation. I don't know why with it. When when a man is fully present in when he's uncomfortable, when he's comfortable with the uncomfortable, it's holding that space of presence because when you when we're looking at discussion, like as Jodie said, I'm getting curious, asking questions. We're both there to shine. It's like if you're up for five, six hours talking, 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 and you're both going back and forth, lots of questions. Like that is so vibrant. That is the vibrancy of getting to know someone. Now, when you've got presence, so I'm thinking like even, you know, as a man waiting, making sure on a date, and I've actually even put this in a caveat before when I've been talking with someone, when they said, okay, let's meet at seven. I've actually said to someone before, just so you know, I'm actually going to arrive there around 10 past quarter past seven because we were meeting, this is back in my old town, we're meeting in a, in a bar because he was new and so then we're going to go somewhere, it was too hard to do instructions. But because we're going to meet in a bar, I'm like, I do not want to walk in on my own and like walk in and have everyone turn and look at me and me standing there looking for you. So if we're meeting at seven, I'm going to be arriving around 10 past quarter past seven because I need to feel safe. You know, especially with women, we spend an hour, an hour and a half getting ready, all of that just to stand there and freak out. Like, oh my God, he's not here. And oh my God, everyone's looking at me. I'm not being received. So it's that thing of, of arriving early, of being there, holding the space, creating the safe container for the feminine to walk into, pulling out the chair, like asking how she is, you know, commenting, commenting on how beautiful she is, commenting. I mean, I always comment on men. It's not just only men commenting on women, but it's, it's like allowing the person, you feel safe, walks into the container, you're there. And then the belonging, oh, you look so, oh my goodness, that dress looks amazing on you. You look really beautiful, wow. Mm, I'm, I'm, wow, this is really beautiful to be walking next to you. You look really beautiful. Now she belongs, yeah? And you also creating this container of safety where there's belonging just for that moment, just for the next hour, just for those hours, yeah? 
So presence in the masculine is how can you breathe deeper? Can you breathe deeper down into your body? So when you're sitting at the table, in that presence, often the next question comes or the next things to say comes. Do you know what I mean? It's like this, what JD was talking about, like we're worried about what to talk about or if we get nervous and we're talking too much. Like that is ignoring what's going on. You know, because it, it was interesting. It's like I really, you know, because I, with this experience, it's like it took, so I had to order the food two hours in. I had to, like, so I was getting really exhausted. I was getting so exhausted, you know, and from a feminine's point of view, it's like where we're making decisions all day, then having to take care of the container when we're out as well. It's like, oh my God, you know, for me, it was just like, you know, we're bringing, so by nine o'clock, I was getting really faded. So, but by the time the food came and everything, so I'm starting to fade around nine, and because, you know, through nerves or whatever, he was just talk, 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 talk. You know, come 10.30, he's like, you know, we finished, build, and he and I said, you know, no, I'm finished, I don't want any more, da, da, da. And then he's like, do you want to go out and have a drink? And I'm like, no, like, I'm so exhausted. He goes, yeah, I noticed a while ago you're starting to fade. So he's noticed, but then he's still trying, do you know what I mean? It's like, so that, I'm just like, wow, so you noticed but didn't, didn't mention so this presence of breathing of like stopping to talk breathe and just be present in the moment and things will come up but but when the masculine is present and also in a, a woman being present when a man is talking being present like I was this is the other thing I got exhausted because I was holding so much presence I was just being really calm I was being so still and calm and I you know I've been in my masculine all day so here I was being kind of demanded by the situation to be more in my masculine again but when you're holding presence and stillness you get to notice a lot more and things it also allows a feminine to feel like she has a place to unfold into to shine to unravel and I think when there's more presence and the feminine can unravel you get more of Lilith than Eve because <laughs> I was doing a bit of an Eve that night of like Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit silently and wait for this to finish, <laughs> which leads into what's today. So, I'm just can you read that down? Yeah. Sorry, babe. The message that's come in. Can someone recover? Yeah. After um, this the same person, Chef Gula, has said, um, "Can someone recover after a bad date? Afterwards, would." you ever explain to the date why they were a bad date? Do they do you feel responsible in letting them become aware of their mistakes on the date? Oh, I just want to acknowledge how beautiful and super sexy it is to be so curious. Yeah. I think this is amazing. What awesome questions. Thank you so much. Um, Melissa, do you want to answer? Mm, I, I went out to the first part um, after a bad date. So you can, as the person who, like, let's say from the masculine point of view in this in this situation, yeah, the next day texting, like, to recover from something, to even place something more into the container, it's like asking if they got home okay, yeah, if, you know, this is, it's like checking that they got home. Like I had to, I walked home because the Uber drops off. It doesn't come up my cobbled streets. Um, so it's like as a man, you know, checking, just checking that you got home okay. Yeah, just checking because our world's different to yours. Walking up streets, <laughs> checking you got home okay. You know, and, then, and you might even say then, you know, just want to let you know you had a really great time. And then if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't know much about her. I realize I probably talked a lot. I'm really sorry about that. And getting really honest, if you were nervous, if you, to recover from a bad date and you realize it was a bad date, because this is the thing, some people don't even realize. Like I don't, this guy doesn't even realize because he sent me a message last night and it was just, and it was just really interesting. It's like yeah, he doesn't, he's, he's in his world that at this point in time is, is fine, um, which, is, which is fine. But if you think that you've had a bad date and you feel like it didn't go well, be really honest about that. Like honesty, which takes courage, is sexy as fuck. So for me, for example, if I'd gotten home, walked up the streets, three, four blocks I have to walk up, and then I received a message taking care, hey, just checking that you got home okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I did. Thank you. 
And then if I was to receive a message, if the person believed, you know, look, I was really nervous tonight. I talked a lot and I actually realized that we spent five hours together and I didn't ask one question towards you. <laughs> and I didn't get, you know, would you be willing to give me another chance? Oh, fucking hell, man. Yes. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. And, yeah, it's true. I, and I would then get honest and, yeah, I have to say I'm a little bit exhausted because I just felt, you know, and I would love I would love for us to try again. Like, fucking awesome. Honesty. And then if you get an honest answer back, look, no, it, you've done your part. You know, there's that whole thing of of communication. You don't communicate or or say things to get a reaction. You do it for yourself. You communicate. You own up. For yourself, you forgive for you know all of those things that we do so that we're well, not to get a reaction from the other one, um, not needing a response from the other one. You're doing it for yourself. I think is the other way to explain that. And would I let them become aware of their mistakes? Well, this far in, probably not. Like I, for me, it's because you know I'm I've just. I just won't go, I would just polite, like really beautifully, like if he asked me on the date, I'd say, look, you know, just to let you know, I I have no problem running into you and being friends and stuff like that, but um, I don't think a date is something else that, you know, just to be honest. But I don't think for me right now I would go, because a lot of people don't want to receive it. If they haven't asked for it, they don't want to receive it. Um, and my thing is in my life, because this is my work, I'm not going to turn into my social life and become the, <laughs> become the coach in the social life either. Like I personally, you know, need someone to come into my space that's already got some stuff on board. So I don't want to be coaching this person. And it's probably wouldn't be received, especially he's nearly, you know, he's past his 50s. He's in his world. He's got everything sorted and correct. So it's like, great, he's doing his life as he wants. It's just not for me. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't. What about you, JD? What do you think? Uh, absolutely. I think a general rule of thumb in all relationships is to honour people's psychological boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if people are not receiving and asking, if someone's not asking, they're not in a place of openness to receive. And we often, mm. especially truth, Truth tellers, Sagittarians of the world, the Capricorns of the world, people who have lots of Jupiter in their chart and lots of Saturn in their chart, you know, if you're one of those humans that is a truth teller, that you you really burn for justice and, and this sense of like, but the world can be a better place and I have to awaken everybody. You know, I honour you. That's amazing. But just take a chill pill because... This is like, this is where I love how Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. And I'm not saying that anybody is a swine. But what that saying actually means is hold your truth close to your heart and, and really take care of what is precious to you. Because when someone is not able to receive you, that's no reflection of your worth. And it's not your job to make them receive you. Yeah. If someone's asking for advice, if someone's asking to do better in the world, then they're in a state of receptivity and you can then step in and go, hey, thanks for asking. There are so many ways that you could do better and I see you and this is my delivery. Mm. Yeah, because, it, like, it's, and I, I'm going to say this, especially for the psychic humans in the world, People do this in the spiritual development community all the time because we can see something on a psychic level or a woo level or a consciousness level. Everyone's all up in each other's grill and it's so not okay. <laughs> like we need to be constantly asking for permission. I have a message for you if you would like to receive it. I can see that you're struggling. There's a few things that I've explored in my life that might be helpful for you. Are you open to receiving? Not like, oh yeah, that's because you've got a wound with your father. That's not okay. 
psychoanalyzing other humans is not okay. Mm -hmm. And this is where inside of this whole thing of um, dating and interrelations with any gender, any age of human, boundaries and consent need to be at the centre of everything where we are constantly checking in to see if someone is able to receive. And this is how we get to take care of our rejection wounds as well. Because giving away our pearls to the people who can't receive us is essentially setting ourselves up for rejection. So even though we might be able to see the father wound, we might be able to see all the ways that this person's cooking it and can do better, we can we actually are going to take we're taking care of ourselves by just waiting, taking that chill pill, chilling and having a look at what the energetics are. Because if like Melissa said, like if someone is obviously he's not asking questions. He's happy in his life. He's he's established. He's an older man. He think he probably is quite alright with believing that he's killing it. And for someone else, he might be. Mm. And and that's like I believe that there's there's this whole thing of like within any connection of any kind, there's the setting up of the container. Are we, are we having a casual date? What kind of food do you like? You know, and if you want to step into the masculine role, like Melissa was saying, she didn't want to be in the, in the masculine role. She does that all day. So for her, for the, for the Melissa style glory, she's like, oh, my God, I'm going on a date and I get to be juicy as fuck and I get to be really feminine and I get to sparkle and I get to put my high heels on and my lippy and it's something to really look forward to. So that's why in the beginning it's so important to find out, hey, what do you want to get out of this? What do you need? Because, you know, from the choosing of the restaurant or to go to the beach right through until the end of the date and then the aftercare, that's that's the whole entire thing. That's the interview process. And it's okay to look at it as an interview. It's a, it's a human being that you don't know. Like you, you have no idea about what, where this, who this person is or how they function. So instead of coming into it with this sense of like, oh, my God, I've got to impress you, it's like, cool, we're two human beings that have maybe we'll jam, maybe we won't. Let's check it out. And mm. that's why Melissa and I always say to our girls in our mentorships, like, have fun with it. Do Practice dating as much as possible. We're both advocates of being on Tinder and being on dating sites because it gives you the opportunity to stop having this um, lack of consciousness around other human beings. Because the truth is, is that you're the fucking bomb. And when you realise that you're the bomb, you'll start walking into dates and situations from a place of, I'm here to see if we're, if we're aligned. I'm here to see if my mind, if you can fuck my mind wide open. I'm here to see if your love language is similar to mine. Like old mate rocking up with his pluggers and his cargo shorts he should you know if that level of casual is what he wanted the more appropriate date would have been hey can we meet on the beach for a casual beer instead of booking a restaurant where melissa is you know if you if you're meeting someone at a restaurant a woman is immediately going to say oh my god i get to dress up do I, oh my god when am I gonna get my nails done so okay I need to have a shower this time 
um, like we just we plan. It's like, oh my god, what time do I have? Because we go out for dinner at six, so I should I need to like have lunch the latest at one, so I'm not too full, so I can eat. Like you have no idea, man, what goes on. I sometimes share with my son. He goes, what are you thinking? I went, do you want to know? He goes, yeah. And I start, and he'll go, huh? All of that? I said, but I, I haven't even finished yet. Like, and then that goes to that, to that. And then I need to, and he's just like, oh, my God. And I went, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just in the kitchen cooking your lunch. And this is what's going through my head. So you need to understand then. Like, if you, like, we, 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 we have a lot going on. So if you ask her out for ask us out for a date, we're like we're working out, you know. Oh my god, that you know, some women it's like the hair appointment, or it's like I need to wash my hair. But I won't wash it on Friday because I'm going out Saturday. That way I wash it Saturday. That way I can blow dry my hair. Like we're all getting ready to shine in front of you. So when we walk towards you, be waiting in the lobby. Be waiting, you know, at you know at the best place possible at the entrance of the restaurant, and acknowledge that she's put in a lot of effort to arrive there. Oh my goodness. Oh. Acknowledging human beings all the time is essential. It's essential. I acknowledge men all the time. I love it. I acknowledge women as well, actually. I love it. I love acknowledging other women in the street and out and when people look so glorious. It's just like, ugh. oh my God, I was at a cafe two, three days ago and this couple came in and they were in, she had this, 17 colored retro dress on with a big scarf with a bow on the side and he had this 185 colored retro shirt on with a bow tie on <laughs> and like he had orange like you know his ginger hair and ginger little tasho beard and they sat up and when they were walking out and I just they had to walk past my my table and I went I just have to thank you guys for being so glorious and for coming in when I'm in the cafe and I get to see how wonderfully dressed you are. And they went, oh my God, and we just had a half an hour conversation as they were on their honeymoon and, da -da 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 -da, and it was so awesome. Aww. I mean, you've got two people looking like that. You can't, you can't just let it pass by in silence. Like they've put all of this effort in, they match, they're like, you know, they're, they're stepping out of any, most people's comfort zone, like they're stepping out of everyone's comfort zone to, to dress like that. It needs to be acknowledged and it's gorgeous. And you make their day and they, cause they made my day. I mean, to feast, to feast on that color was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Especially right now. You know, make it a practice of engaging with and acknowledging at least five people when you go to the shops. At least five. This well, let's give everyone homework. Hmm? This is how we sparkle. Yeah, like hmm. if you want to be seen, you've got to be willing to see others. So this is all of your home play lovers that are watching and watch a replay this whole week until next Monday. And this is actually my home play this week. I've been giving it this week from my, the group stuff that I'm in, that we need to flirt, flirt with kittens and dogs and babies and everything where we come into flirting. Because flirting is not about, <gasps> I'm about to have sex with you or I'm inviting you to have sex with me. Flirting's not that, it's flirting with life. It's seeing someone, asking questions, acknowledging them. So five people a day. And start seeing what happens. I've seen how much joy you bring um, to the world. Oh yeah. Mm. I love it. And we we cover that in our all of you program mm. when we do the seductress of life archetype. We give such good we hands, do. So, <laughs> so now you need to go and flirt. <laughs> yeah. You have my work is to flirt with everything, mm. everything. I mean, I I float with the trees. I'm like, hey, <laughs> oh my God, look at you, it's so beautiful. And I'm like stroking the bark. <laughs> oh, <look at> you. <laughs> I can, it just looks on, on um, not free flow now. The other day I found myself stroking the bark and I was like, I was just thinking about how soft it looked. And then I realized that I was in the middle of the street. I must look like a total fucking moon. People will be looking at me going, look at this crazy tree hugging woman. 
anyway. How much so fun. This, this is actually a perfect lead into the Daughters of Lilith and the mm. Daughters of Eve. It feels like maybe we could just touch in on Daughters of Lilith and Daughters of Eve today and then next week chat about it. I, I feel like someone else in the crew that's watching have a question. So if you do. Oh, Zoe, hi, darling. Oh, is that Zoe um, down there that wrote amazing homework? Yes. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so if anyone has any questions, please pop them in. That would be amazing. In the age of clicking, swiping, and online dating, do you think the coming generations will have worse and worse social skills as they grow with adulthood? Yeah, it's not seeing, seeing it in real time. One of the things, I mean, I'm raising a teenage boy and it's just it's doing my head in half the time. But one thing that I noticed, um, he, you know, he went through a big, well, they, no, he's speaking, since we've got to Mexico, it's a bit different. He actually has a lot more conversations. But what I noticed, when we lived in Costa Rica and he had a lot of friends that were more Western friends, like, you know, people from other countries living in Costa Rica, they would spend hours, he would spend hours on his phone at night talking to his friends and talking to one friend. Like they would have a, especially when she moved back to an, another country, went back home to her home country. So they would, he goes, oh my God, I spoke to so-and-so for two hours last night. I'm like, oh my God, amazing. They don't speak. They do voice messages back and forth because there's no sitting in silence, no sitting in waiting. And so you, you listen to the message and you answer in your own safe space and the texting the texting in the same room all of that so yes it is Stephen Biddock talks about this um, the, 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 the other Australian Dr. Arne Rubenstein a lot of people are talking about this around the lack of how this is also thing about boys raising raising themselves on porn is they're not then not uh, leaning into those muscles of being uncomfortable and you know asking someone on a date to the prom, whatever it is, speaking and being uncomfortable with the no is just like, you know, they don't have to take rejection if they don't hear it or see it, and you know just blocking people or, or writing people off um, instead of being in conversation. So I have noticed that for my son, this has changed since we've been in Mexico. He's doing a lot more conversing live phone conversations. It's, I don't know whether it's more of a cultural thing. No, there's still a lot of messaging, but I just noticed a few years ago that it was right. He didn't. They, his friends didn't never talk on the phone. They just voice message for a long time. So that's my personal experience in it. But I know a lot of people are writing about it. Yeah, it's like the the silence, the uncomfortability, the the rejection. So these are normal human aspects that we need to go through. So. Mm. Yeah, and it's all about the dopamine hit. Mm. So our we are as well, but the generations to come, you know, are already addicted to the dopamine hit that happens through opening the messages and, and having all this information and stimulation. So the best thing we can do is to support them to find dopamine hits in other ways and um, you know worse and worse social skills I guess that's where it's at right now but that's also a perception because you know we can still teach them and everything's being brought to light right now there's some really fierce things happening in um, the government and you know lots of Lots of people are taking a stand, especially around Instagram and teenagers and this whole positive body movement that's happening. And the best thing we can do is to contribute by sharing awareness yeah. and, and just encouraging them to put the devices down. Because often, you know, just for short moments many times, it's always the way with any kind of addiction it's like the idea of putting it down is is scary and isolating so just doing it regularly and distracting 
our little friends so that they can, you know, get their eyes up out of the screen and into life more regularly. That's what I have to say about that. I believe that on a communication level, most of us are undereducated anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I won't say that we were really well at it. We weren't ever educated to communicate. <laughs> in our generation either. Like we're all, we're all feeling that now as well. But um yeah. but I think and this actually leads into what we're talking about, the Eve you know, the daughters of Eve, the daughters of Lilith. The aspect around because someone else is making a, a comment about, you know, ghosting and how like the ghosting's come normal, like not to be fronting up to not to be responsible. You know, not to stand in the responsibility of responses, um, where it's easier just to, to not respond, you know, all of that stuff, um, because you're not in front of someone. But the other side of this is is this aspect of the, the pressure, because we now have more availability to see other people's lives and to see other people, whereas when I, you know, decades ago, you didn't see the rest of the world. It was only whoever was in front of you and on a TV commercial. You didn't have, it, like, you know, billions of people that, you know, are meant to be looking good or perfect or have got their lives together in front of you, you didn't realise that so many people did so well as we perceive, as we're made to believe that everyone's doing really well. So that pressure. And I think that ties a lot into the Eve complex. You know, that's my personal thing. So do you want to jump in, Jadie, and, and speak about what is the daughter of Eve and the daughter of Lilith? Yeah, I would love to. I, I also want to, um, to tap into this piece of ghosting as well mm. because it, it is it's really it really hurts and I believe that what it's doing to us as a culture is actually it's triggering the abandonment wound it's triggering that rejection mm. wound and we already live in a culture that has been where we've been raised where it's entirely solar identified. There's barely any mention of Divine Mother in our cultural practices. And this wheel of industrialization, the industrial wheel of productivity and striving for success and, and all of these boxes that we are conditioned to tick in order to receive love. This is where the wound is. So even when we come into this awareness of Lilith and Eve, Eve being the version of woman that was created from the rib of Adam in the Garden of Eden. This is the story, right? And so this is the version of woman that was created to be palatable inside of this matrix that we live in. And so she's got all these things that she needs to do and tick and be in order to receive love and provision. And Eve took a bite of the apple and what happened is now she is being blamed for every human being's sin on the whole entire planet if this is the story that you've been raised with, which mm -hmm. most of the people, like so many different countries and cultures have been raised to believe this. And so this, this whole concept around the, the first wound, the sin that she created that made us fall from grace is immediately by default set us all up with this separation wound and that's rejection and abandonment. So if we're doing any work in the world, like, all of our work really needs to be guided towards remembering that that is a fucking lie. It's bullshit. Because what sin actually means is separation from God, goddess. 
goddess and god both sun and moon together i came into this work because i was in a yoga class when i did my yoga teacher training back in 2006 and i was in a yoga class and my teacher said thank the goddess for your beautiful body and i burst into tears i was like what the fuck god is a woman <laughs> and from that moment on my entire world shifted upside down and around and that's what drew me in to the temple of the divine feminine as my spiritual practice this is not about being a priestess or a goddess or any of these things that are popular right now this is actually about returning to balance lilith is the archetype of the first wife so she was adam's first wife and adam wasn't ready for her so she said to him i'm going into the desert to have some fun because she's wild she's like you sort your shit out i'll be back <laughs> i'm going to get my needs met because you can't meet them and not ready to yeah. so i'm not missing yeah. out on them i'm not missing totally. out on them because you're not ready <laughs> i'm off <laughs> now why wasn't he ready because he wasn't there was an, a, a part that was happening inside of Adam where he wasn't ready to meet all of the aspects of the, of, fem, of the feminine, which is the wild, chaotic, messy aspect of the divine feminine. Every month, woman dies. Our womb meets death every month. Every single month, the moon goes dark. Every year, the earth goes into winter. So these cycles of life, death and rebirth are happening and emotion in all of its chaotic messiness is the feminine. So Lilith, the first woman, represents the parts of us that have been suppressed and pushed down. She was the snake in the Garden of Eden that came back to say to Eve, eat the apple. All of the children of earth need the knowledge of the tree of life. And if Eve didn't have the courage to eat that apple, we would all be so freaking dumb. <laughs> I just got an image of all of these teddy, like the, the Teletubbies. We would just all be yeah. Teletubbies. Like, totally. We would literally be in a state of forgetfulness, just wandering around like Teletubbies, <laughs> just like plugged into the mass control agenda. Dunny, can I just like mention something in here? Like you're, you're just... Go. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Ready. <laughs> no, do not apologize. I'm sorry that I'm digging. It's when the beginning when you were talking about the, you know, belonging and safety, and this is as you're speaking around, you know, this aspect of Eve, Eve, yeah. you know, the, the story of Eve. For her, the way that she was created for the man so that it's safe, and how she had to keep that safety was don't eat the apple because if she does, she's not going to be long. If she does that action, that action is not lovable. So you're not going to be long. So you, now you're not safe. So you're being ousted out of the garden. Like you, you now need to leave. You're now full of shame because what you did was unlovable, creating no belonging, which means you're not safe. And this is that aspect of what, when we're looking at this whole, you know, the social ghosting. media that we have. Yeah, the ghosting. It's like I don't, I did something. I'm not safe. Like I don't belong. I don't belong here. Or and the other yeah. thing to say, coming into that, someone's no is more about them, not you. So also too Absolutely. often, it's like, yeah, like they can't handle they can't handle the truth you're bringing. They they can't handle themselves in front of you because they don't have the confidence to be in front of you for whatever aspect for whatever's going on. Um, and there is a part of like, yeah, we're not a good match, and we, I don't have the courage to actually speak about that, which is not about you; it's about them. Um, 
So this safety... By the way, it's about them. Pardon? By the way, it's about them again. <laughs> By the way, it's about them, yeah. By the way, yes, yeah. So this aspect of what we need to do continuously, so, so we need to look the part, we need to have the right business, we need to, for the feminine, we need to placate, we need to be, so, we can't challenge, we need to be quiet, we can't be vivacious and wild. And, you know, we need to, so that we maintain a position of safety for ourselves. And that's what we're fed as well. we're fed this Eve complex that yeah. you're too dangerous. You're too dangerous if you have an opinion. You're too dangerous if you are messy. You're too dangerous if you're wild. You're, you know, the, And this is where the rage of the feminine is continuously sitting because this yeah. rage that we're being placated. Um, I had a friend of mine say to me the other day something that I was I was absolutely stunned. This is a male friend of mine. Um, and I'm not going to, I mean, yeah, I won't, I won't say who it is only because I, um, it's up to him to bring this loss to the public, which he will quite soon because we've talked about this. But one of the most exquisite things I've ever heard from a man recently was he, he was, we were talking on screen, um, he's a work colleague of mine, and he, his, his desire, what he craves in a relationship is to hold that space for the rage, the messiness, and the, un, the unfolding, unleashing of the feminine. He, all he fucking craves is he, he doesn't want a woman to hold back. He doesn't want to be in a relationship. She goes, I want the fucking messiness. I he said, I'm so, I'm so fucking ready to be present in front of her rage. That's all I desire to do is hold space. <laughs> hold space for her rage. So the way that he said it was more eloquent and more deep and but I was gobsmacked. And you know me, darling, I don't get gobsmacked. Like it does it takes a lot for me to go fucking quiet. And I yeah. just bawled. I just bawled. I just like for me as a feminine bodied um, person to hear what a the masculine say, fucking bring it on. That's all I want. I mean just, yeah, you know, it's what we To not be made wrong for it, the fact that someone's willing to hear it and hold space, not to fix it. You know, the masculines, you're not there to fix our rage. You're there to hold space for it, acknowledge it, and the next step comes. Yeah, so, fully. Mm. And th thank you for sharing that, babe, because that mm. is just so on point with, the two archetypes, the Eve and the Lilith, right? Mm -hmm. So Eve has been taught that everything about the feminine, the emotionality, her womb, everything, that it needs to be hidden. Whereas Lilith is comfortable with her emotions. So Eve is the epitome of the woman who, like, when we look at old England, for example, in the empires and the shit our foremothers went through to have any small level of freedom. Like, even when we look at the fact that it was not very long ago, like, I can't, I think it's about 150 years ago that they worked out that, it wasn't okay to chop women's uteruses out in England because they had hysteria, because they were so suppressed. So what they used to do is chop our uteruses out and put us in mental asylums. And then this rad dude worked out that we just really needed to have an orgasm. So he started a, a business giving women orgasms and it was healing the hysteria. And that's how the, that's how the vibrator happened. So coming back to this place of like, that's the ramification. This is that whole thing of this trembling that happens inside of so many human beings because we have a cellular memory that it's not safe to be with our emotions. Mm. So what happens is we just create all of these distractions, addictions, all of the stuff 
that makes us look like we are being spiritually progressive and busy, but we're not. So Lilith, a Lilith woman, she knows how to sit with her rage. She knows how to feel her feelings. And so when we look at children of Lilith and children of Eve, we're all children of both, right? But the difference is whether we have learned how to sit with our emotions and all the messiness of our humanity. Because that's Lilith. And she came back from the desert. Astrologically, there was a Lilith return around the eclipse, um, the Oregon eclipse season. Darling, I just need I to interject. We've got 40 seconds yeah. left because someone, oh, yeah, I need to, yeah, I'm back on this because someone reported me for a painting. And so I've been, I'm, I have been, I'm, I'm not acting like Eve on my account. So I've been punished by the patriarch and Instagram. So we've got 20 seconds left. <laughs> 25, I love you. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you so much question. for being here. Come back next Monday. Cause this, we've just started on this conversation. So hold that thought and come back next Monday. Same back channel. <laughs> I know, isn't it juicy, Sarah? Yes, I know, I know, I know. We all know. JD is phenomenal. And that concludes our season two, episode two of the Fat Chat podcast with Melissa and Jade. We're...